Hello and welcome to Tony Broom Ministries, presenting the old-time preaching of God's anointed word. Our scripture text is from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. Pastor Broom leads in with a little humor, and then his message entitled, Three Voices You Will Need. What keeps a blind man from fear? The answer is, because he can't see what's coming. That's what keeps a blind man from fear. Never saw what hit him. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Paul says that there are so many kinds of voices in the world. We hear all these voices that are going on today. So many voices of uncertainty, confusion, distress, fear, anxiety, nervousness. And you could go on and on. All these voices are going on. But that's not the only kind of voice. There's an encouraging voice going on today that says, I am the Lord that heals you. I am the Lord that lifts you up. I am your God. I am the one who you trust in. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let it be afraid. In this world that we live in, one voice is saying this, while another voice may be shouting that. And it is no wonder that we're confused. To help you from being confused by all these voices, there are three voices you will need. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 12 through 21 tells us about the three voices you will need. Before we look at them or hear from them, let's talk about the reason for them. They have several purposes. They put us in remembrance. They stir us up. They make us aware of the power and coming of the Lord. To be put in remembrance is more than just saying, I need to remember where I left my keys or I lost my glasses. To be put in remembrance is to be put in remembrance of things you already know. People wonder why the Holy Spirit doesn't work with them and doesn't talk to them like He talks to other people. He's got to have something to work with. I know that God can work with anything or either nothing. He took the world and hung it on nothing, but... In my life and your life, He needs something to work with. He told the disciples He will bring all things to your remembrance. But what was the other part? Whatsoever I have said to you. The Holy Spirit has to have a word. He has to have something to work with. God could just heal everybody and save everybody from heaven. He doesn't need us at all. But He has to have something to work with. He needs something and someone to work with and through to reach this generation for Jesus Christ. That's why you and I are important. We may not feel important. We may not look important. We may not seem important to other people or even to ourselves sometimes. But we are important because it's necessary for God to have men and women and boys and girls to carry forth His message to this generation. Amen. To be put in remembrance is to remember what we already know. And to be stirred up. Christianity is not a humdrum life. Yes. I know it's not all on cloud nine, but at least it ought to be on cloud seven. Amen. Don't just be cloud zero or cloud one. We ought to be the happiest people on earth. Matter of fact, we're the only ones who really got anything to be happy about. Why do you want to be happy because you get a new dress? 
either the dress will get old, you'll wear it one or two times, you'll say, I don't wear that no more. Everybody done saw that. I don't want to wear it no more. That's one scenario. The other is, you get a new dress, and three or four months later, you find out that it's still got its tags on it because you haven't even worn it. To get a new car. A new car has old payments. Quick as the smell wears off. The reality of the payment sets in. You can get a wonderful meal. But once that meal is eaten, it's gone. The only thing you got left is a tab. Which is not cheap, by the way, anymore. We're the only ones who really have anything to be happy about that's lasting. Joy. Even when we're not happy, we still have joy. And it stirs us up to remember the Word of God. To remember what Jesus said. To remember the presence of the Holy Spirit. To remember the old songs that you used to sing. And now you sing them again it still stirs your heart. To hear the old fashioned Word of God preached. About the blood, about the cross, about the resurrection of Christ. And it stirs our hearts and it causes us to remember. It stirs us up and it reminds us of being aware of the coming and power of the Lord. Things are not going to be this way always. And that's more than just what your mama said. It's because the Lord is coming back. We are closer to the coming of the Lord than we've ever been. Jesus is coming again. And this passage tells us in verses 12 through 16, Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them. You already know it. But I want to put you in remembrance and be established. That is, you're established in the present truth. You're already established in the truth. You know these things, but you need to remind and be reminded and remember these things. I know more than I used to know. But I don't remember all I need to remember because some things I forget. And I have to be reminded. And even Dottie Rambo said... Remind me, remind me, dear Lord. Yea, I think it meet or necessary as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Peter said, I want to stir you up. Sometimes people get stirred up in the wrong way. But he said, I want to stir you up in the right way. I want to stir you up by reminding you how it felt. Reminding you how it was when you were lost in sin. When you came to Christ and He saved you and He wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life. I want to remind you how it was when you were sanctified that day. You were sanctified that night. I want to remind you how it was when you were baptized in the Holy Ghost. I want to remind you how it was when you were sick in your body and all of a sudden you started feeling better and you couldn't explain why and I came along and healed you and raised you up. I want to remind you how it was and I want to stir you up how it was when you were in trouble and you saw no way out and then I came along and I lifted you up and I lifted your feet like deer's feet and I caused you to dance on your high places. I want to remind you how it was. I want to stir you up by putting you in remembrance of these things. Peter said, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. 
I think of the people that are going away from here, brothers and sisters. Some of them are right with God and some of them are not right with God. But people are going away from here. God is taking His people home. And the ones He's not taking home, the devil's trying to take out. People are going away from here. The precious saints of God. We think about the mother, the precious saint of God, that went home to be with the Lord last week. She was a tongue-talking, prophesying woman who loved God. And there are not many standing up to fill in the gap either. Who's going to believe in the full gospel? Who's going to believe in sanctification? Who's going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost? Who's going to speak words of wisdom and knowledge? Who's going to speak the Word of God? Somebody's got to step up to the plate. The younger generation that we live in, they're used to being served and babied and pampered. You've got to get out of that room every once in a while. You've got to come out, start serving God, and let the sunshine shine on your soul. Somebody's got to stand up and fill in the gap. Old soldiers are getting older. It's hard to carry the rifle anymore. Somebody's got to stand up and whirl the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Peter said, I want to remind you. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye shall be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. Peter said, I want you to know that we're not following cunningly devised fables. We're not talking about fairy tales. We're not trying to put forth to you a fairy tale. He said that we were eyewitnesses of His majesty. When we make known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, we're not talking about a fairy tale. Some people think it is. When they think about the coming of Christ, we talk about being saved and having our names written in the Lamb's book of life and our sins are forgiven and we are happy and free on our journey to heaven. We have troubles and trials, but they don't make us quit. They make us more determined to serve God. And people think we're crazy when we talk about a place in the sky by and by where we're going, where the streets of gold, the walls are of jasper and the gates are pearl. They think we're crazy when they say He's coming. But we're not talking about fairy tales. We're not talking about novels. This is what I'm reading today and what you're reading. It's not a novel. It's a true story. It's non-fiction. And that means it ain't fiction. That means it's true. We made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We were eyewitnesses. We ate with Him. We slept with Him. We walked with Him. We talked with Him. We were in the garden with Him. We saw Him heal the sick. We saw Him make the blind to see. We saw Him cause the lepers to be cleansed. We saw Him make the deaf to hear and the lame to walk and the mute to talk. We saw Him as He raised the dead. We were eyewitnesses of His majesty. So here's the first voice. The first voice is personal. Verses 17 and 18. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We heard that voice. Peter said we were with him. 
We heard that personal voice that came to him in the transfiguration and it's recorded in Matthew chapter 17, Mark chapter 9, and Luke chapter 9. So it has to be very important. And it's recorded in God's Word three times. And he said this voice that we heard, we heard when we were with him in that holy mount. A personal voice that came to him personally. Peter was talking about it's good, Master, for us to be here. Let us make here three tabernacles, one for Moses and one for Elijah and one for you. And while he was stammering around not knowing what to say, God speaks out of the sky from glory and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. Listen to what He's got to say. The world needs to listen to what He's got to say. God who spoke at sundry times in divers manners, times past, hath in these last days, even though He spoke to us through the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by His Son. The world needs to listen to what the Son has to say. The personal voice that came to Him, and it was not the only time it came to Him at the baptism of Jesus. God speaks out of heaven. The Holy Ghost comes down on Jesus in the form of a dove. And the voice of God comes from heaven. That proves it's a trinity, by the way. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You've got the Son being baptized. You've got the Father speaking from heaven. You've got the Holy Ghost coming down in the form of a dove, lighting on Jesus. God speaks from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Amen. That personal voice that comes to every one of us. God may not speak out of the sky audibly like He did to Jesus, but He will speak to you personally. Do you guarantee me that God will speak to you personally? Yes, He will. You may not hear an audible voice, but He will speak to you personally. He will put the message in your mind, in your heart, to where you know that God is talking to you personally. And you can't wait just for me to tell you and convince you it's not something that I need to convince you of. It is something when you get right with God, you don't need no convincing because He'll speak to you yourself personally. That day when He called your name, He may not have celebrically said your name. He may not have spoken it out by your name, but He called your name. When He called you to Himself, He speaks to you personally. And here's a second voice. Prophetic, verse 19 and 20. And this personal voice is mighty important. Peter said, I want you to know that when God spoke to him, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That was important. But yet he said, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. How can there be a more sure word of prophecy than a personal voice coming from heaven? See, that's what our generation wants. They want the same thing that people back then wanted. I know when I looked over that way, I think about what Brother Bill Betts used to say. He said, I feel like sometimes you're looking at me the whole time you're preaching. <laughs> I look over at Brother Ron and way. <laughs> Why do they think that? But this generation, they, the same thing. They want to hear a special word. They want to see a miracle. They want to see a sign. They want something to happen. And if such and such happens, then I'll believe. No, it won't. God said if you didn't listen to Moses, if you didn't listen to the Word of God, you wouldn't believe if a sign were up here, somebody rose from the dead or whatever. 
This more sure word of prophecy, what is he talking about? We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. This light that shines in a dark place, the day dawning on us and the day star arising in our hearts, what is he talking about? He's talking about the Bible. He's talking about the Word of God. This prophecy that came. Yes, it's important that God speaks from heaven. But even more important, that Word that God has given you, that you have in your heart, you have on your phone, you have on your coffee table, you have in your bathroom, you have wherever you put it. That Word of God, that important Word, the Bible. America used to love the Bible. America used to endorse the Bible. America used to be founded on the Bible. But we desecrate the Bible. We're going against the Bible. We're trashing the Bible now. And we're paying a price in our nation because of it too. We're going to hell in a handbasket because we're getting further and further away from God. When the Bible says what we should do and what we should not do, the Bible is our roadmap to live. This is the prophetic voice that God has for us. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. That means it should not be taken by itself alone for a particular private group so as to build an entire doctrine off of one verse. There's a danger in doing that. Jesus only movement is an example. We have people that attend our church that are Jesus only as much as a man in the moon. Yeah, Jesus is the only way to heaven, but that ain't what they're talking about. You got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, not Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, but Jesus is the one who said you ought to be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. You got to be baptized in their pool, in their water. You got to go to their church. If you don't come up out of the water speaking in tongues, you ain't right with God. They add these things to salvation. Just like the disciples in Acts chapter 15, who said you've got to be circumcised. You've got to do this and you've got to do that. The apostles said, wait a minute. Why don't we put a yoke on the neck of these disciples which neither we nor our fathers were able to bear? We believe that through the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, we will be saved just like them. Jesus Christ justifies you by faith in Him in Christ alone. Plus nothing, minus nothing. Got to be careful of these denominations who will take one verse and build a whole doctrine off of it. Both the Old and New Testaments teach that it is in the mouth of two or three witnesses that every word should be established. Well, we believe in the Trinity. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, and it ain't just one verse either. There's more than one to prove it. Even here you will notice that we are saying three voices, not just one. The first verse is personal. Second verse, prophetic. We've got to listen to what the Bible says. Well, Tony said, that, no, it don't matter what Tony said. It don't matter what George said. It doesn't matter what Sally said. It doesn't matter what Jim said. Amen. They say what the Bible said, that's fine. But it's not what some man said. Not what some preacher said. We're listening to too many preachers. 
That's why the church is so liberal today. You can't see his nose from his face. They don't have the old time religion anymore. You know why? We listen to too many preachers. People done led the church astray. It's got to be loose and fancy free. There are churches that are dancing and drinking. You, said, you heard me say dancing. Sometimes I said pronounced dancing. You got churches that's dancing and drinking. Churches have booze in their basement. That was way back in the 70s. If there were booze in the basement in churches in the 70s, just think how bad it is today. That's why you got queers that's marrying queers sitting up on the front row in the church and the church is endorsing it. That's where we didn't come to. Lay out a sea in church. If we listen to that personal voice of God, if we listen to that prophetic voice of God, just read the Bible, do what the Bible said, quit justifying your ungodliness. Don't say, well, the Bible didn't really mean that. Those were Paul's words. Yeah, they were Paul's words, all right, but Paul was being inspired by the Holy Ghost. They were Moses' words, but Moses was being inspired by the Holy Ghost. They were Peter and John's words, but they were inspired by the Holy Ghost. The personal voice, the prophetic voice, and the third voice is powerful. The powerful voice, verse 21, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. God wrote the Bible. God is the author of the Bible. People might have pinned down the words, but God spoke to and through them the word He wanted to say to us. We have in our hands, on our computers, on our phones, we have what God wanted us to have. It is the Bible for the English-speaking people. If you speak another language, they have Bibles in that language too. You have Grandpa's Bible. Somebody reminded me it's not only Grandpa's Bible. Sister Amy said it's Grandma's Bible too. You got Grandpa's Bible. You got Grandma's Bible that you can go back to. It will show you how to live. It will do you when you're living. It will help you when you're dying. Don't try to find fault with it and make fun of thee and thou. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. It still says that. America doesn't like it. That's why we've taken it off the courthouse walls. You can take it off the courthouse walls, but it's still the Word of God. It'll never change. It'll never go away. And the powerful voice is, it didn't come by the will of man. It's not what man says. Holy men and women of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost came on them. The Holy Ghost spoke to them. The Holy Ghost gave them the Word of God. I want you to know that no matter in the late society in which we're living, no matter how unpopular the Word of God that you have is, it is still the Word of God. And the Word of God says, Forever, O Lord, thy Word is settled in heaven. Personal, prophetic, and powerful are the three voices you will need. And we need them, brothers and sisters. 
in this day that we live. I need the personal voice of God now more than I ever have. I need the prophetic word of God, the Bible now, more than I ever have. I need that powerful voice of God on my life and it speaks into my heart, that still small voice and the voice of the Holy Ghost and the voice of the unknown tongue. I need it in my life now more than I ever have before. I thought when I first got saved, boy, this is it. This is the climax. Well, it felt good when you first got saved. But that was just the starting. I need it now more than then. Way over 50 years. And I need Him now more than I did then. I need Him every day. I need Him every hour. I need Him every moment. Let's stand together, please. I need You, Lord, more today than I needed You yesterday. I need You, Lord. I need to hear Your voice. I need to walk with You. I need to talk with You. I need to know that You're my own. I know it, but I need to know it more. I need to continually know it. I already know it in my head, but sometimes I need to be reminded in my heart. Let me know that voice. Let me know that personal voice. Let me know that prophetic voice. Let me know that powerful voice. God, help us today to look to You, the One who's speaking from heaven. You still speak into our hearts. You still speak Your Word. You still speak in power. You still speak in glory. Help us to respond to the voice of God today, not to harden our hearts like those in the provocation in the time of temptation in the wilderness, but help us to listen to the voice of God. Help many men and women today that are running away from God and running towards hell as hard as they can. Help them to stop in their tracks and hear the Word of God and listen to the voice of God today. We'll praise you and bless you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the session today, entitled, Three Voices You Will Need. Respond to God while He is speaking to your heart, today. This has been a Tony Broom Ministries production.